Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good morning, everybody. So happy to be home. I'm not going to lie to you. Through the whole worship time, (laughs) I have been keeping my emotions, you know, trying to, I have to sing, but it's just so good to worship God in the house of the Lord. You know, better is one day uh, in the house of the Lord than anywhere else. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you agree that? Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's continue praying because God is moving. God is doing something. Please do not get discouraged because God carries his people through through every season. Go back in history. You know, any dictators or anything that were attempting to kill off Christianity never happened and never will. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to jump right into the Word of God. Acts um, chapter 16, and then uh, verse 23 through 24. So to give you a little backdrop here, Paul and Silas were missionaries, right? And so they had a lot of people showing up to their services, and people were getting saved, and so major buzz in the city happening, all right? And the government felt threatened by the growing popularity of Christianity, of church, so they arrested Paul and Silas, and so that gives you the backdrop of the Word of God, right? Or we're reading. So Acts chapter 16, I just want to make sure for those people that are watching online, my head is visible. <laughs> All right, Michael, can you just pull the camera back, uh, just the whole thing backwards a little bit more? Thank you so much. Or just slight angle, I guess, tilt it up if you can. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> all right, so... Let's start reading. After they have been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Isn't that interesting? To guard them carefully. They obviously were a serious threat, right? When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. So it's not just, um, yeah, so if you're following again, Acts 16, verse 23 and 24. So this is our... Scripture, a backdrop for it. So it's not the best day for Paul and Silas, right? They've been beaten and taken into the dungeon. It's just like the inner cell is like below. So that's usually where it's cold. So imagine you're beaten up, and now on top of that, you're in the cold. And so their ankles are fastened. You know, they're probably sitting in the pool of blood. You know, I mean, I just want you to get a bigger picture of what's happening. Verse 25. About midnight... Paul and Silas were crying in pain and were angry with God. Right? Oh, I just want to see how many of us are paying attention. About midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Praying and singing. So they're beaten up, and here they are, all of a sudden, around midnight, start singing hymns to God. Wow, what an amazing thing to do, right? We're having a bad day. Verse 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake and that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. This is so fascinating uh, because despite, despite, you know, the fact that they were probably sitting in this just all beaten up and in pain and who knows how much blood they had around them, they chose to worship the Lord. And I want to talk to you today about the topic of worship in the dark, okay? 
And if God willing, and we're going to be here next week, we'll continue on that, I would call the essentials of our faith. So, I mean, Pastor Mark will try to uh, continue on that. And it's pretty much the basics of our faith, what we're going to talk about. And this subject is going to be about worship. So worship in the dark. In the dark. Goal. So our goal is this, uh, for this is for us to see the visual, you know, obviously of Paul and Silas. And um, that we don't just worship God on weekends only or only, you know, when, when all is going well. Because that's pretty easy to do, right? When all things are going well to worship God. But we worship God in all that we do and at all times. Amen? So say with me, worship in the dark. Hallelujah. Amen. And I want to jump right into just to give you a little backdrop or I should say uh, the meaning of worship. All right. So it took me some time, but I think we got it down. It's all going to be biblical based. Um. Worship is the attitude of the heart that has found freedom of expression. So worship is just, it's not just the attitude of your heart. Worship isn't just an empty expression. Worship is an attitude expressed. So it's, it's expressing things in love and confidence of God. But some will say, oh, I, I worship God in my heart. You know, I already told God I love him. Uh, one guy, I don't remember when, but years back, you know, it's like somebody asked him, like, hey, do you buy flowers for your wife? He's like, I already married her. You know, she's lucky to have me. <laughs> or, you know, I already told her once, she knows that I love her, right? God knows that. God knows I love God. Yeah. But worship isn't worship until it's expressed. So it takes action. And there's three ways that I want to break it down about what the worship is. So number one, worship is a verbal expression, right? So the audible of worship. Words, songs of thanksgiving, adoration, praise, honor, and gratitude to God. Second way, worship is a, uh, as a physical expression. So the physiology of worship is when you move physically to express worship to God. All right? Lifting our head. It says the Bible tells us to lift our heads. Standing before God. When we, uh, when we raise our eyes up to the heavens, when we raise our hands, all right? These are physical expressions. So uh, all of us are made to worship, all of us. But as humans, we find something that we, we find that worship is something we lean on to. So whether, you know, you're leaning into something, by humanity, people look up to somebody or to some things. And so last week I talked about we naturally are designed to cling to someone and I believe that nature by nature God made us to cling to heavenly father to cling to God all right for uh and then point number three so uh the third way we express our worship is through finances so financial expression of worship so the currency of worship in our world is dollars obviously and in the bible it says you know um in the older scripture you know in the bible back in the day they were, their currency was animals, you know, vegetables, fruits, uh, spices, land, things like that. But, but the financial expression of worship is what the book of Proverbs calls, you know, honor the Lord with your wealth. So with, for the first fruits, when we receive, that's where the tithe comes in, okay? We're honoring God with an expression of giving. 
when we give unto the Lord. It means something to us. That's why, you know, we are given. It's called also sacrifice. So worship is easiest, you know, when blessings are obvious. How many agree with that, right? It's, it's pretty easy to just like, oh, yeah, I worship the Lord. All things are great. Hallelujah. But worship is not just for good times. Worship is for all times. This is our true love. Our, our love is expressed to the Lord. Psalm 34.1, you can look up. I got some scriptures up. Um, says, I will bless the Lord all times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. Hallelujah. And then Job uh, 1.20, there, the second part of it says, on, so on the worst days of Job's life, Job says, it says, Job fell to the ground and worshiped. And if some of you know the story, the story of Job, I mean, it's harsh. I mean, he lost everything, his family, and it just everything that he had. But in that moment, Job didn't go and complain. Even his wife was like, why don't you just curse the Lord and just die, in, you know, in peace? He was like, no, I will, I will worship the Lord. And I love that in verse 21, it says, the Lord gave and the Lord taken away. That's, that, that's Job's heart right there. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So on the worst day of his life, Job is worshiping the Lord. Then there's a, um, we go back in the Old Testament, prophet Habakkuk, who made uh, his living as, you know, farming. And I've, a couple of weeks ago, or I would say months ago, uh, we've also touched on him before. And so he made a decision to worship God in the season when there was no rain, and which means no harvest. And that's essential for a farmer, right? So... You depend on the harvest. If the rain is coming, it ain't coming, you're not getting a really good result. So Habakkuk chapter 3, 17 through 18. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there's no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and the cattle in the stalls, in the stalls sorry, yet I will. Say it with me, yet I will, hallelujah, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. All his livelihood, imagine, like maybe a lot of farmers across the United States are feeling that, right? I bet a lot of them are opening up this passage in the Bible. And that just gives you hope, that just gives you this is where true faith comes in. This is our true expression or our worship to God. It's like it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I ain't afraid. Hallelujah. So it's not just Paul and Silas in the New Testament, but we see that over and over again in the scripture. Um, people who worship God, not just in good times, but in challenging times. Yes, and again, it's easier to worship, you know, when blessings are obvious, when everything is good. But worship is something that is meant even in the most difficult seasons of our life. And one point I want to point out is worship has a boomerang effect. For those people don't know, boomerang is like, yeah. It has this, it's like a V-shape almost, a little bit wider. You fling it out and it just comes back to you. So worship has that effect. It goes out and comes back to you as a blessing. And obviously for Paul and Silas, you know, heaven's response was immediate. It was within moments. The shackles broke off, like the moments when they started worshiping God. It was like, boom, shackles broke off, doors fling wide open. Incredible. I don't 
think they were expecting that, to be honest. I don't think so. They just did what they knew best. Worship God at all times. And they were expecting God to be faithful. I'm sure they knew that God will never fail them. But they probably didn't expect for this to be so quick. I don't think, like, oh, Paul, what do you think? You know, if we begin singing, I'm pretty sure doors are going to open up. Probably didn't happen. But I believe, like, just in the midnight, they're all in pain. <laughs> they got their hands up, you know, singing, you got pain. <laughs> He's a pain taker. You lost. He's a way maker, yeah? How many of you heard that song? If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison-shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. I'm sure it wasn't that song possibly, but maybe it was bless the Lord, O oh my soul. <laughs> I guarantee you those hymns that they were singing, they were from the depth of their heart. This is where presence of God is so powerful. When you got nothing, I mean, I'm pretty sure they were beaten. They had no clothes, nothing. And they were worshiping God. And when we worship God in the midst of those moments, we see glory of God like never before. This is why you can go back into your life when you had the most difficult situation, when you lost a loved one or a friend. And when we worship God through those moments, thinking back on that memory, you're thinking, how in the world did I went through that? Yeah. It's because God carries you through that moment. When you choose to worship God in the most difficult situations in your life, you will experience glory of God like never before. Hallelujah. How many agree with that? Amen? Hallelujah. So they begin worshiping in the darkness. Nothing left but their voices. Think about it, right? Because we're talking about several aspects of worship today. You know, how you can express it through financial way, through, uh, you know, when you're actually physically worshiping, singing, when you're serving others and things like that. But think about it. At that moment, that's all they had was their voice. And who knows how bad it sounded. Maybe they were beaten really hard. Maybe it was uh, like that. You never know, but that was coming from their heart. So when the worship goes up, blessings come down. Just think of it this way, the boomerang effect, all right? And so this is when God's glory is displayed. And I believe this is the time where, as church, we're radiating the glory of God and how we behave in different situations. When the world is panicking, other people, you know, who knows how much truth there is, and there's so much information, and people are lost and like, what to do? One thing I can guarantee you is that if you turn to God during this moment, when you worship Him through all that time, you will not fail. God never fails. Hallelujah. 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 When you honor God with all you have, God's blessings come down. And like, just be aware, it doesn't always come in instantly like it will for Paul and Silas. But I guarantee you, it is, it's not overlooked by God. So in addition to what I already shared about all the three pointers of really nice things about worship, I wanted to talk specifically about reasons why you should worship God in dark seasons. And I'm going to have three of those. Number one, worship turns our attention towards God. All right, if you're taking some notes, you can write that down. Worship turns our attention towards God. Your life is going to be pulled in every direction. Um, and whatever you're focused on the most, you're clinging on to that. But worship takes the attention off of ourselves and puts the attention onto the, God, onto the Lord. Yeah. 
Worship is the right way to start any conversation with God. It's best way to start our day with, you know, attitude of gratitude. I've mentioned that last week. When you start your day, like, oh, I haven't had my coffee yet. Like, you've seen people like that. They're like, don't talk to me. They're somewhere in, in the world. <laughs> I, I wake up and I'm like, Lord, I'm breathing. Uh, when we start re uh, realizing those littlest things, like if you cut your finger even, right? And then the worst is when you cut it where your finger bends or something like that. And every time you bend, it's irritating, you know? But when you get hurt and you don't realize all the blessing of what it feels like when it doesn't hurt, when you don't have that cut, right? So let's not wait until we lose something, right, to worship God. Let's just praise God for the fact that we're breathing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's the best way to start a conversation with God, with gratitude. Uh, there's a king in the Old Testament. Uh, his name is Jehoshaphat. He got uh, an intel that there are three armies planning to attack him and his people. He knew that uh, he was outnumbered and couldn't win that battle. And so he did a Zoom conference with his people and told them that, you know, there's armies heading our way. It does say he gathered up his people in council. Uh, i just trying to snap out of that nowadays world, Zoom conferencing, Zoom conferencing. <laughs> so Jehoshaphat gathers his people, right? And, um, but then the Bible tells us Jehoshaphat began to worship and magnify the goodness of the Lord. So he delivered the information. He's like, this is what's happening. This is the reality. We got three armies heading our way. We, got not, we don't have anything to offend them, uh, to counter them with that. But I love that. And he says, Jehoshaphat began to worship and magnify the goodness of the Lord. All right? 2 Chronicles chapter 20. If you want to write that down and just read that chapter at home, oh, man, you're going to be moved so powerfully. I'm going to, I pick out a couple of verses here just to shorten up the time. Verse 6. The Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. And no one can withstand you. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. How awesome is that? Jehoshaphat was a leader, and he was just, here he is setting a wonderful example for all of his people. You know, when I read this, I can't help but to think of my dad, this growing up. And so, and I would remember hearing, you know, these utterances unto the Lord from distance. At first I was like, that's weird. The soonest I can remember, right? It would just be in the middle of a day and he's like, God is good. You are faithful. Things like that. Um, but despite of all the challenges, because, you know, I'm the youngest out of nine children. So they resist well. <laughs> Our parents did uh, all they could. And my dad was sole provider for the longest time, you know, until the older brother's you know, we're starting to contribute to the family. Um, and I remember even coming late after work, after working all day, he would grab a shovel or any gardening tools and just go and work even more. So that way, make sure we had crops and vegetables and things like that. And I remember just, you know, hearing him singing from the distance. And windows open you know it was very late and I wake up and I'm like what is it and he's, and he's just singing praises to God you know the hymns to the Lord and I'm thinking wow he must be exhausted <laughs> but here he is worshiping God and I love that and it carried over I can I can tell you this it carried over into my life because 
I'm realizing that a lot of times I'm driving and I'm worshiping and I hear Alita, you know, repeating. And even Ryan, this little guy, and he's, he wakes up in the morning and he knows that song, you know, the, the blessing, you know. And so he's like, amen. And from such an early on age, because he sees me worshiping the Lord. He sees his father and he sees his mama praising the Lord. And that is such a beautiful thing. And here, so Jehoshaphat is setting an example. All, all the people are looking up to him. What is he going to do? <laughs> yeah. What's his next move? And if you're going to talk with God, as again, begin with worship. Worship should be the beginning of a conversation with our, whenever we talk to heaven. Psalm 34, 3. Um, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. It may not be up there on that one. I just added it in this morning. It was so good. Uh, in other words, oh, magnify. It means let's make God big all the time. All right? So uh, number two, worship leaves no room for complaining and negativity. So the reasons why we're worshiping the Lord in the dark. Worship leaves no room for complaining and negativity. Sometimes when we pray, it turns into a complaining session. I'm speaking on, on my behalf, all right? <laughs> you can judge yourself. Um, and some people don't pray until they're in a serious pickle, or Pastor Mark says, in, in deep kimchi. <laughs> until in the very tight situation when things are just difficult and you see them turn to God. And don't wait until things get bad, right? To cry out to God, to worship Him. There's nothing wrong. I want to make sure I underline this. There's nothing wrong with pouring out your heart out to the Lord. But what I'm saying is worship leaves no room for complaining. When you're first starting out your prayer, right, worship him. And I'm going to give you scripture that right now here shortly. Because the thing is, I realize that when I'm praying or I say when I'm complaining, you're focusing on the problem. Like, oh, Lord. This situation, this situation, and you're remagnifying that problem in your own mind. So that's why when you begin to worship, your mind pretty much needs to shut off from everything else, and then you're focusing on praising Him. So Philippians, this is the scripture for it, right? So it's not just Vic's ideas coming in. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 7. It says, Do not be anxious about coronavirus, stock market, anything. I'm pretty sure it says anything. We can pull it on anything in there, right? Hey, sweetheart, you want to sit down over here? Okay. But in every situation, so again, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, in other words, with worship, yeah. present your request to God. Don't knock your feet, all right? <laughs> And the peace of God, and we've been talking about it a couple of times already, right? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart, your minds, in Christ Jesus. Peace that transcends all understanding. I used to read that. I'm thinking, what does that mean? And then one of the interpretations, I've mentioned that before, is that, in other words, God's peace is illogical, meaning it doesn't make sense. You can be in any situation, and God will give you peace out of that not, you, no ordinary human can be able to explain. That's why Job, that's why Paul and Silas, how could you have peace in the middle of that? 
Because it's the peace that only God can give. Amen? Hallelujah. Point number three. Worship prepares the way for God to work in the darkness. All right? Think of how dark it must have been for Jehoshaphat, right? And for his people to know that there's three armies heading his way. And they're going to attack you, and you have no chance of fighting them off. What would you do? That's too loud. You can go sit over there, sweetie. <laughs> and Michael, you want to grab? Oh, he's Michael's my sidekick. Please go with Dad and Michael right there. <laughs> I love this. We're like family, right? This is just like preaching from, from home. <laughs> There was one news anchor, I remember, he, on some major television news network. He's given a nice, important message and things like that. And his kid runs in, and his wife runs in and grabs it. It was awesome. It was all over the news, you know. It, it, it was supposed to be an embarrassing moment. It turned out to be the most sweetest moment, right? Hallelujah. Because, you know, children are naturally want to be close to the fathers. That's why we naturally need to be close to our fathers at all times. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father. So, here he is, Jehoshaphat. Dark times, three armies are coming. What are you doing in that position? I, I can imagine just the other people, right? What were they trying to do? And probably grab their kids. Let's, let's start bailing. We got to go. Um, but here's what I, uh, I want us to know about Jehoshaphat's example, right? Uh, I want us to learn the sequence of events. So I want to point out kind of what happened to shorten it. So after he announced the news to the people, he began worshiping God. For his faithfulness. He just started reminding. We read a little bit about that. And then he led them in a prayer God, for God to work on their behalf and to deliver them in this very difficult situation. Then he challenged the people to have faith and believe that God is with them. So just because we're praying or worshiping doesn't mean that we are going to sit there, you know, and do nothing. So he told them, get ready for battle. Not just, you know, the, the, the situation is, uh, we can't get out of the situation. So what are we going to do? We're just going to pray. We're going to believe. But we're still going to get in our position. So it's very important to be in the position during that time. Yes. They took their positions for battle. Then when they got into their positions for the battle, they started to sing. This wasn't going to be a... You know, a sing-off. <laughs> if you think about it, they got in their positions or for the rap battle. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for being patient with us. Okay. <laughs> All right. So think about it, right? When they got into their positions for battle, they're like, All right, we're ready. And they start singing. So the other Folks, so probably their information was probably carrying, you know, there's always people that go ahead and paying attention, spies, and they're thinking, I think they're getting ready for a sing-off or something. I don't know. Maybe that information came down. They didn't take them seriously. But I love this, right? And then as they sing and worship, uh, worship song, right, give thanks to the Lord our God and King. His love endures forever. Believe it or not, that's actually the words they were singing. I believe that's the original context of that worship song where it came from. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. That's what they were saying. It's in the scripture. Somehow, the Lord caused the enemy to get confused. This is just mind-boggling. I love reading this. And they started fighting one another until they destroyed each other completely. So God started setting up their ambushes. So these three different kings, three different armies coming in. Somehow they were like, oh, is that them? Is that uh, what's happening? 
That's why you hear this term when we're praying a lot of times. Uh, it says confusion, confusion in the enemy's camp. As this is a prime example of this. And they destroyed each other completely. You know, they didn't have to fight physically, but they were fighting spiritually. Something was happening. This is incredible. They worshiped God as God fought the battle for them. God comes in in the situation where you can't do anything. But when you're surrendering to him, when you're like, Lord, you know what? Yet I will. Yet I will worship you. And I love this, and I want to wrap this up. But in Second Chronicles, uh, I just want to—I'm going to read actually a couple of verses, and it's going to be just very encouraging. So, Second Chronicles, chapter twenty, starting with verse twenty-four. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast um, and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies. So they—this <laughs> is them coming back after these three armies just slaughtered each other. <laughs> they saw only dead bodies laying on the ground. No one had escaped. Verse 25. So Jehoshaphat and, this, and his men went to carry off their plunder, all the goodies that they left, right? They found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. <laughs> there was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. Verse 26, on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, where they praised the Lord. I love that. They were really experiencing next level of worship. <laughs> they were like, we were worshiped, and that happened. Let's just worship again, see what it keeps happening. And they praised the Lord. This is why it's called the valley of Barakah to this day. Verse 27, then led by, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem. For the Lord had given them a cause to rejoice over their enemies. No kidding. Verse 28. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. That was a major pep rally there. Verse 29. The fear of God came out of all surrounding kingdoms. I love this. When you worship God. Uh, and stuff happens. It's going to be made known to other people. The fear of God came on all surrounding kingdoms. They heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Let me read that again slower. <laughs> when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies. The Lord fought. The Lord fought their battle. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. For his God had given him rest on every side. And then some. <laughs> Gold and all the good stuff and equipment, everything they needed. I'm pretty sure God prepared them that in the future if there was any attack, they had the goods. They had equipment. Had the latest artillery, whatever it may be. God always provides when we worship him in difficult situations. So our warfare is not physical. And this is a very, I think, powerful time to reiterate that there's only so much we can do as humans physically, right? But our warfare... For us believers, is not a physical warfare. It is a spiritual warfare. So when darkness or uncertainty is near, which a lot of, for a lot of people it is right now, yeah. worship God through it. Worship in the dark. Worship in the unknown. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Through worship, we will overcome any darkness. How many of you agree that? Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Let's just take this time to pray a little bit. Lord, first of all, we thank you for your word, for your faithfulness to your word, Lord. 
you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we heard that in the beginning, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your unconditional love for us. We know that no coronavirus, any sicknesses, anything that's happening in the stock market, Lord, financially, Lord, nothing can take our peace away. But in, we, in every situation, Lord, in every situation, as your scripture says, by prayer and worship and thanksgiving, we will come boldly to your throne. And you alone, God, can give us peace that transcends all understanding. Yes. Thank you, Father. And carry us through any darkness that we'll be facing, Father, or anything that we need to be prepared for. I know that when we worship you in this time, Father, you will be preparing us more than ever. Help us to fully understand the meaning of worshiping you in all aspects of our life, Father, in all aspects. Not just singing songs, Lord, but when we go home, how we love our neighbors, even how, how do we treat people that mistreated us, Father. This is all an example of how we worship you, Father. And help us to make our, Lord, help us to move our family forward, Lord, into your promises. Lord, we thank you for your essential words, Father. We thank you for giving us the essential weapon of worship, Father. We thank you for that. We praise you. We glorify. We magnify your name. Hallelujah. And if you need that peace right now, receive it. We're going to end it with one more song, The Blessing, and we want to sing that over you. It's straight from the scripture. We really want you to be just blessed in his presence. That in your coming, in your going, wherever you go, God is with you. Hallelujah. How many agree that God is with you? Amen? Hallelujah. Let's worship him. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.